What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Controversial Conversations. I'm Kelly Cavallero. And I'm John Robinson, also known as Mr. Showcase. And if you're tuning in, this is going to be part two of what is a professional in our industry. We talked a lot. If Right now, <laughs> if you're putting this on first, stop. If you haven't listened to, to the first one, go ahead and stop this now. Go back, watch, listen to part one first. Because you're going to want to catch up. Part two, whoo, could be a doozy because we're going to dive into uh, the money. The money conversation on this one, definitely. As well as class slash local instructors, as they're called a lot of the times, compared to a traveling slash event instructor. Um, Because they... I don't really see a difference in them, but that's we're going to get into that on the second <laughs> half. So, we talked in the first episode, money. Obviously, that's usually the telltale sign of, for at least for a choreographer, because there are rules in some choreography competitions that determines whether or not you're performing amateur if you've been paid to teach your own choreography. Right. At a workshop slash event, which I don't understand why it, it says a workshop slash event, because if you're getting paid to teach at a local bar... That has 150, 200 people a night. And for those who say there's not that out there, pay attention to social media. The Barn in Sanford, Trevor Thornton, uh, Brandon Zahorsky comes to mind right off the rip with Billy Joe, mm-hmm. uh, Billy Joe's Ribworks up in New York. He gets big classes, massive classes. So sometimes his Tuesday night class is bigger than the attendance of some, <laughs> some of these of the workshops events. <laughs> or events. <laughs> That's true. So I don't understand... I personally don't understand what, why a workshop slash events put in there. Um, I also, in personal opinion, why it says your own choreography, because you're teaching still. Exactly. You're still teaching. What? So, so I could write a dance. So you're. I could write a dance. Never teach it. So you're only a professional if you teach your own material? That's, That's what it makes it sound like. It, it does. <laughs> I guess they go, well, that means you're a professional choreographer. Wait a minute. Why? First of all, I understand there is a difference. But, it, but when it comes in terms of hiring, I don't see a difference. I, I, I honestly don't understand why people put confirmed instructors or confirmed choreographers. I don't understand why they put confirmed choreographers on it at all because... You're not getting paid there to go choreograph. All these events that decide to have the instructor staff choreograph a dance together, mm. stop. One, if it's your idea, stop putting pressure on them at the event. They have what? enough to do at the event. Stop <laughs> it now. Yes, we've had some great dances come out of it. The most recently, Portland, Portland Cha. But I get it. They have enough to do, though. But that's not why they're there. You didn't hire them to come choreograph. Right. You hired right. them to come teach your people. Yeah. Teach your attendees. So stop putting that whole confirmed choreographers slash instructors. Just call it what it is. Instructors yeah. are. And, and being. S- and so we're going to go off on this for in many directions, I think. Um, yes. That's why there was two parters. <laughs> but I want to start with the choreography aspect of it. And there's there's a lot to talk about here because... Number one, I've been in this industry for quite a while. Number two, I 
pretty good, I think, at understanding choreography. I wouldn't be asked to judge so much. Um, True. Number three, I've done couples as well as line dance. And by that, I mean I've done competition. So I understand figures and patterns and amalgamations and all that good stuff and how they should flow and come together. So this relates directly to what you said about confirmed choreographers slash instructors. A, a quote-unquote choreographer does not an instructor make, nor does an instructor necessarily make a choreographer. They're not the exact same thing. So I also find it interesting that the winner of a specific <laughs> choreography competition gets a teaching spot because just because you can choreograph a great dance does not automatically make you a good teacher. But I want to go over the choreo- choreography aspect of this first, and we can always you know tie back into the money, right. all, all of that. Um, but I, I did want to talk about this while it was fresh in my mind. So, And this is true for teaching as well, but we're going to start with choreography. There are elements and principles that contribute to good choreography, right? So when we're talking about professional versus amateur choreography, let's put it that way. And I'm not talking about your qualification for a competition. I'm talking about choreography in general. There's a lot of people that go, oh, I want to write a dance just because. They like this song and they want to put a dance to it. That doesn't mean A, the dance is good, or A, or B, the dance is bad. That doesn't automatically make it one or the other. There are elements that contribute to good choreography, right? So I think it's super important if you actually do want to be known and recognized for your choreography to learn what good choreography entails. So you have things like flow, right? And this is one of the biggest issues for me. Anytime that I judge a comp and people come to me for feedback, a lot of times they'll say, your comment was flow needs improvement. And then I give them specific reasons why. So I'm going to, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a story here to just to illustrate my point. Um, I recently judged the Fort Wayne, um, dance for all mm-hmm. hundreds of entries there. I love doing that one because there's so many entries and it's really cool to me to see what people bring to that. Right. So I like to see their creativity, right? I love it when somebody has a different pattern, like, Oh my gosh. And you know how, rare that is to see something like a combo that you're like I don't think I've ever seen that before that is really rare so that's awesome to me um but there are lots of newbies there they they yeah they love the song they want to do a dance to it they didn't they always tell me oh I didn't like any of the ones that were already out there and I'm like why not like what about the dance didn't you care for was it like give me specifics right not just because you didn't like it but what like I can tell you when I judge a dance, I will give you specific reasons and, and input on the parts of the dance that I feel are great and the parts of the dance that I feel could use some polishing or complete changing sometimes. So one of the things to think about is the flow, right? And momentum is a big issue as well. So if you're, and, and I was telling you a specific story. So one of the, one of the um, co- um, competitors, I'm trying to avoid names, one of the competitors there has competed before and entered several times and got advice last time mm-hmm. and then got the feed, got the scores and the feedback this time and said, I don't understand. I did everything you, you suggested. And, you know, I don't understand why I'm still placing here. And I go, Here's why. Let's explore your dance. So in this one particular dance, there were three specific sections where this choreographer was fighting your natural body momentum. So for example, big movement to the right and suddenly had you turn left with no transition. Like no 
no yep. change. You're going this way, and all of a sudden, want you need to go that way. And I'm like, there's no transition there. There needs to be a transition. There needs to be something. So, just a quick example. I'm not saying do this to make a transition, but your momentum's carrying you that way. You could always do a rock recover, and then that would give you something to push off of to turn in a new direction. So, I explained all this, and then walking through the patterns with the choreographer really helped that person to see it. Because here's the thing. When you choreograph a dance, I don't care who you are, of course you can make it look good. Of course you can make it look okay because you wrote it, right? And this yeah, but is that's nice. not we always the case. Case. <laughs> I was just gonna we say, we both know that's always the case. <laughs> that's true. But what I'm saying is you can put together a really bad pattern and still execute it on the Very floor well, right. because you put it together. It doesn't mean that actually feels good on another human being's body. So there's things like flow and momentum. But how do you how do you how do you know? How do you know what? How do you know it's not going to feel good on your body? Because you're sitting there in a chair. Exactly. That's so, the, that's that's number one. I, I had a couple of comments on this as you're getting into this. Number two, how many judges are on that panel? Mm. You know, as an up and comer, who are we supposed to get advice from? Because you're going to have a different opinion than someone else. And if we don't listen to that other person, they're always going to play us as last. Yeah. And, and so this, it's happened. Yes, like good, good point, Kelly. And good, good question. Because one of the issues that I feel that we have is inconsistency in judging panels. Agreed. And, because and, and, this brings back the whole inconsistency of what everybody's view on what a dance should right. look like. Well, but there's certain, so, and addressing this issue, there are certain principles that should be common that should just be, you know, if you have, a, a, a pattern that fights the body's natural momentum, everybody should recognize that as a flaw. Like, that doesn't work. It feel, it hurts. It doesn't feel right, right? It's, it is, it oh, will definitely give you this, grant you this. It is extremely challenging to judge things like that sitting down. So I like choreography comps where I actually have to get up and learn the dance. Those are my favorites. Yeah, right? but the problem with those is most people don't want those because it limits the amount of entries and then I, it limits the amount yes. of money. Money. Oh, I know. So I let know. me ask you this, though. Because but so part, I'm just, go ahead. Don't, don't forget your question. But I think part of being a true professional, if I can say this, is being able to decipher that, and it's, it can be difficult, but try, be able to decipher that while you're sitting there watching a comp. Yeah, but it, it's, I still don't think that part matters, though, if there's five different opinions on what matters, because you could decipher it one way, the person next to you can decipher it something else, something else, something else, something else, and you could say that dance was the best. Everyone else puts it near the last, because I've seen that happen where, you know, for the most part, you should see. You should see within a few spots, that right. even flow, like, that if the judging panel is very qualified and very thing, you're going to see that consistent one, like the top dance will get like first, second or third. Yes. Correct. Across the board. Yes. And then you're going to see within two to three spots, like everyone's going to keep a thing where I see the problem. And this gets it where all of a sudden you, you have your dance five judges, very, very well-known choreographer puts you top-notch, very professional choreographer puts you in first, and then you get eight, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. By the other four, you're like, wait, and, and May then I... you ask the question of what? Because <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. May I address that somewhat? Please. Okay. So and if wait, as long as you agree not to say it's everyone's personal perspective. No. What I was going to say. Because <laughs> that, no, that's no. usually the response an event director or organizer no, gives but you. That, and I'm actually I'm glad that you said that because 
it, this is my impression of what happens. Again, I could be talking on my ass, but this is here's what I think. And I, I say this because I've been, especially like USLDCC and other choreography comps as well. I've been looked up to as a person for guidance when people are judging. I'd agree. I, I don't, okay? I can't name another better person I would have had judged the USLDCC than you. Well, and I'm, Absolutely. I, you know, I appreciate, I greatly appreciate that. And I do, and um, it puts a lot of pressure on me sometimes as well. But what I'm, what I'm saying is that I have seen on all judging panels, not particularly, not just one organization or one event. I've seen it on Fort Wayne panels. I've seen it on UCWDC panels. I've seen it on USLDCC panels. Judges have said to me, I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking for. Mm -hmm. Exact words. I didn't care for that song. Yep. I didn't like what they were wearing. Yep. I would never teach it. <laughs> I would never teach that. None of this sounding is, familiar. None of this has any bearing on the choreography. Okay. Yeah, but here's my question, and and this is this is back to thing. What makes them an amateur? Who the 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 person entering person it entering. compared to you being considered professional? Because here here's my take on this. I'm going to use someone that was a dancer for years back in the day, Glenn Ball. Hmm. Glenn Glenn Ball. Never really known for his choreography. Never really, to my knowledge, there wasn't a single dance ever done on the circuit that we wrote. We were done by Glenn Ball. Yeah, I can't really think of anything. I can't. Th I can't think of one. You see him on on staff at events recently. Heart of Texas. He mm -hmm. lives in Texas, and this is nothing against Glenn. Shout out to Glenn. Awesome guy. Know him well. Check out his West Coast Swing videos. Chat on TikTok. Oh, he is phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal dancer. Phenomenal person. Phenomenal everything. Would you consider him a professional choreographer? As far as what? <laughs> as far as line West Coast, a, a, line, a professional line dance choreographer. That's a that's an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> because I would do the mic drop right now, but I <laughs> I, I value my microphones. Well, let me explain because you always like us to give wise, right? I, I do. So in this case, I'm glad you. I'm actually glad that you you brought this up and you're making me think about it because in this case, the only dance that I'm aware of that I know of that comes to mind mm -hmm. that Glenn is known for, which is a recent one, is Zoom. Zoom. Okay. Yep. So, <laughs> in my professional opinion, that is more because Glenn. What was the? He was in some. What was the group he was in? I forget what it was. Uh, pop? Was it Pop? I don't remember. Short-lived Pop. It was based off of like Steps and Scooch. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah, I think it was yeah. called Pop. I don't remember. Right? So yeah. that dance to me looks more like something you do in a music video because it's one wall. It's repetitive. A whole other podcast that we're going to be doing, guys. <laughs> Trust me. So, I know what all y'all are thinking as soon as he said that. <laughs> we talked about it on the live show. Yeah, we need yes, to do a podcast about that. It's coming up. Trust so, me. <laughs> My professional take on that is I don't I don't really know because that's the only exposure I have to something that he's choreographed, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I can't base I can't I can't base my judgment on one dance, right? And I think sometimes people do. So I will give you a quick example. Um, pieces. Dustin Betts, yep. Massively huge popular dance around the world by yep. Dustin Betts. Mm -hmm. All right, and I think I was on the judging panel when it won. Line I dance, uh, won, it won the line dance marathon. Never won. The, it wasn't the finals. It was the qualifier line yeah. dance marathon. I, but you I were. mean, I think I was you there. Were. You yeah, were. when it was when it was. Yep, you were to life, right? So Rachel I, taught it a couple weeks later yeah. at Fun in the Sun. Yep. And I taught it. I was asked to teach it yep. somewhere on the road. Now for me, and 
I'm not slamming pieces and I'm not slamming Dustin. Dustin's amazing. One of the issues I have with that dance is there's a piece that's very similar to another piece that comes before. So I get confused and I dance for a long time. It's very similar to one of the other sections. So just my personal feelings, I wish that piece was just a little more different, right? A little more, a little more variety there because I got confused teaching it to people. I was able to do it, but in my head, right. I kept going, this is not the other part. There's a part that's very repetitive. The same issue I had with, um, wait for it. When Chris, um, yes, uh, there is, there it. is a part that's and very I, similar. Uh, he asked for feedback and I said that to him. I said, yep. I think this part, if you just tweaked it just a little bit and I love that. I enjoyed that dance. I learned it. I remember Rachel taught it during COVID, which she did it on one of the, the yep. online things. Mm -hmm. So I learned it and I actually liked the dance. Um, but those are what it, that's what I mean about the little finesse things that, that, that when you learn, because Dustin was new at the time, right? When he did P3. He, he was, was competing newer. in the USLDCC. He yes. was newer as yeah. far as choreography. Well, as far as choreography goes, choreography. yes, he's been dancing for yeah. a while. But yes, he was newer and he, yeah. it was, he danced in the USLDCC. And that's part, of, that's part of choreography as well, if we're going to talk about being a professional choreographer, is knowing to find the balance between what I call the science and the art. So the science of choreography is understanding things like flow, direction changes, the structure of patterns like but, symmetry versus asymmetry, but that's blah, my, blah. But that was my point to that question when Glenn Ball. You have a very trained dancer, someone who'd been trained to dance. Yes. Dustin, another one. Yep. He had been dancing for years. Yep. So he has the dance experience. He knows flow. He knows from learning the dances. But just because he had him in choreographing... And he'd only choreographed the one dance. Does that not make him a professional? Like perfect. Dustin's another perfect example. You took his dance and taught it. His dance was getting, people were being paid to teach his choreography. Mm -hmm. He might've not have been paid to teach right. his choreography, but other people were being paid. I had this argument with Brandon Zahorsky. <laughs> Me and Brandon Zahorsky had this conversation right after we did our podcast about how he doesn't think he should be at the level of other people. I go, look, you wrote a dance that people are making money teaching off of you. You deserve to be right up there with everybody else. Yeah. Does that make, because he's that, a great instructor. He is. Right? But and Brandon has personality. He's, he's a great instructor. He, because by the rules, with, with the rules of the USLDCC, that's the only one that really has this pro rule that you can't be a pro or been paid to paid. teach your thing. So I use, I, I do fall back to that a lot. Well done's masters doesn't have a rule. Anybody can enter. Um, Fort Wayne has the same rule. Anybody can enter. Same thing with Chicago, Vegas, which those are two different. And we, by the way, guys, we are going to do a podcast on choreography competitions because John and I have lots of opinions on them. <laughs> but the reason I say this is, and I talked about this when I was amateur. Me and Trevor talked about this when we were before we, neither one of us got paid. We could have held an event, paid ourselves to teach at it. Me teach all of Trevor's dances, <laughs> Trevor teach all of my dances, and being perfectly legal. How is that? First of all, right. how? Right. Number one. Right. Two, why? Right. If I'm I can just jump gonna in. The, I get I get where you're coming from, that they don't have the training. I 100% right. get that the new people don't have the training. But what? To be, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be quite honest, to be considered a professional, what training? Let, so what this sounds like to a newcomer and an up-and-comer, and, and don't take offense to this, anybody. I understand where this is going to sound bad. 
So what you're saying is us up-and-comers should pay the people who've been around for 20 that's years. That's not what I'm saying. That's what it comes across <laughs> as because that's exactly what some yeah. people did. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all because I'm self-taught, right? But having said that, I went to a lot of conventions when I started. Mm -hmm. right? Once I knew the work, because I didn't know it first. Right. I started at a country bar. Yep. So I don't know if we all know that. We've, I'm sure we've talked about this before on other podcasts. Grizzly I started Rose. at a country yep. bar. I, my Love only, it. in fact, I was just listening to our tech, the one, the podcast we did about technique. And I think I mentioned it there. Like my only history was a little bit, I learned single time swing at camp when I was like yep. 19. I took a few weeks of ballroom and then I started dancing at a country bar. Once I discovered these conventions, I took every opportunity to go learn from the top people at the time, whatever they were teaching. And you know what? My favorite workshops were the technique workshops because everybody wanted to go to the pattern workshops. Let's say you're a couples dancer. Oh, we want to learn all these new patterns, this two-step amalgamation from whoever. Yeah. We want to go learn this West Coast swing amalgamation from whoever, right? Or we want to learn the latest, hottest line dances from whoever, which was great fun too. But I wanted to know what underlies that? Like, what, how is it that you can lead this total stranger through something when you haven't danced together? What is it about your body? How do you hold them? How do you communicate through your frame? Blah, 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 right? Line dancing as well, turn, turn technique, um, balance, um, just even basic foot patterns. One of the things yeah, I'm gonna quickly, quickly jump in here and don't let me forget, I wanna talk about Trevor as well. Don't remind me if I forget. But the coolest thing for me, and I think what really, and I said this in the technique work, work, technique podcast, is what pushed me up to a new level was taking the opportunity for myself to actually go learn technique issues. So back to paying people or not. You don't have to pay anybody. These days, you don't have to pay anybody. We've talked about this before, though, but okay. you have to find the right mentor. So you can go, you've got the internet, right? You can right. look up things on the internet. You can't, like, like I don't know if there's necessarily, so here's, okay, let me tell you this. I research choreography all the time. Yeah? I do. I go on Google and just, I'll randomly pick, or I'll go on YouTube, and I will watch a ballet person do a specific routine to this piece of music. And then I just subscribed to somebody. I can't remember who it was. It's more like contemporary. And they, but you know, some song we know, like an Ed Sheeran song. Yeah. And they do like a contemporary routine to it. And then I'll watch somebody do a hip hop routine. It continually feeds um, my knowledge of aspects of choreography, how to move your body, um, creativity, like what, what other things we could do. Cause I think we get stuck in line. I don't want to go off on a tangent there, but we get stuck in line dancing. One of the things I just watched a video, by the way, somebody sent me a choreography video and it was cross point, cross point, jazz box, quarter turn. I'm so tired of that pattern. It's in everything. But anyway, so I try to keep myself open to learning new stuff wherever that comes from. So I'm not saying you have to pay people to do it. If there's somebody you admire and feel like they can give you, we both know this. If there's somebody you admire and you right. feel like you can gain really good knowledge from them, and you want to pay them to do that, great. Of course, you should do it. But I'm saying there's so many resources available to us now. If you just do the the, the um, research and the studying, you can teach yourself. Right. Again, that's what the thing, though. Just because they never choreographed before, and it's their first dance, are they now not considered a professional, though? That's... I yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, my whole right. point. Not maybe not because so. they've already done. They've yeah. already done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've already done all that research. But they've done all that experience. Right. They've done it. Yes, but it doesn't automatically make you a good choreographer just because. That's you, not what. That's not yeah. the definition we're looking for. That's not what I'm asking. There's a difference between being a professional and being good at something. Right. Right. Well, yeah. 
There, <laughs> we both know that. We both. That's but that's <laughs> my, that's my point. There's yeah, a yeah, huge yeah. difference between being a profe- considered a professional and actually being really good at it or yeah. great at it. True. Two True. totally different definitions. Two totally different things. Yes. Let me do the Trevor thing before I forget. Go ahead. So this relates to the money aspect. Yep. Right? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so Trevor came and talked to me. This was quite a while ago when I think. Um, it was after what's the Reba one? I love that dance. Why can't I? Think out of like this? that. Thank you. Out like that was huge, yep. massive. He was starting to get asked to do events, so he came to me and asked, which a lot of the new people do. Well, what should I charge? What should I charge? Right? Here's what I say, and event directors, you're gonna get pissed off. All right, because I know in England, pissed means something else. You're gonna get pissed off, right? Because here's what I and here's what I tell all of them, all the up and comers. What? How much money would you make if you stayed home? In Trevor's case, like you said, he was teaching, what, four nights a week at this club? He also has a regular job. Yep. So going to a dance event that would require him to fly means he'd have to take a couple days off of work, at least, because he has to allow a day to get there, right? Then he's got Thursday, Friday, you know, whatever, depending where he's flying. Mm-hmm. Take those days off of work. Those days he would also be missing out on teaching at the club. Yep. So I said, what, in my professional opinion, not my personal opinion, you should ask for what you would be making if you were stayed at home. Should travel be included? Absolutely. Wait. No should, question. On so, top of the fee? Yes. Or include see, there you oh, go. No, no. Travel should you should be paid for your travel. Right, right? that's what I Not mean. Not included in the right. That's Sorry. that's Sorry. what I'm saying, because that right. happens a lot. Let me go I, off on that. No, don't let me forget it. Let me go off on that next. But so <laughs> so my my point to Trevor was. It's not going to make any sense for you to go work because this event was going to pay him like $100. Yep. And I said, that's ridiculous. Well, and he said, well, I was told it would be good for exposure. And I said, dude, you do not need to go work in a... I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you, and I think I've said this before. Exposure is overrated right now. You do not need to go work an event for free for the exposure. That is ridiculous. It is outdated. We don't do that anymore. You have social media. For God's sake, Trevor's. Very I wish active. more people would think like you, John, because they think that with a long, just not with the dance instructors. They think that with the DJs. They think that with the videographer crew, yes. the photography crew, yes. so the floor people, everything like yep. that. They think that oh, you should just you should be paying me to come to my event. Right. Yeah. That's no, that's crazy. not how it. That is crazy. So, and let me go off on that now because um, I stand behind that hundred percent. If you are going to make more money staying at home, stay at home. There's no. Unless I mean, unless you were, what's the word I want? Fanatical about being at an event and getting noticed on FOMO. the circuit. Unless you right? have FOMO, fear of missing out. Then but even then, for e- your cheap. But even then, because here's the problem, amount. and here's the issue with this: for those up and comers, especially up and comers who don't do those, who don't turn around and go, "Yeah, I'll come work for free," then you have they, you'll never get hired. They'll never bring you in. They're never going to. You're like, well, well, then fine. Be that way. If you think you're too good, then Certain hold on. Won't. Most of them, ninety percent, ninety percent. If you aren't willing to come work for an event for free, they're not bringing you in. Because guess what? If if the event director was willing, if the event director was that adamant about wanting to to give you the opportunity of all, they'd offer to at least cover your expenses to get there. Uh-huh. All of your expenses, not yes. a stipend so for me, you to try to find the cheapest let, spirit flight with no yes. bags and you can only bring yes. in. So let me jump in on that really quickly about the finance, that financial, that part of the finances. All right. So even now, and if you're listening to this and you did not know this, it might be a shock. There are people who are considered top tier ish or close to it who 
are paying their own way to go work events. Yes, they're getting a fee. This happens to me. Let's be blunt, okay? There are events that do not pay my travel. Mm -hmm. They pay me a flat fee and my travel has to come out of it. I'm going to give you a specific example. So I'm about... (laughs) I'm going to get in so much trouble. (laughs) So I'm about to go work dance for the dream, okay? Scooter Lee pays me a flat fee. There's a certain amount, all right, that she pays me. So my expenses have to come out of that, okay? Usually, a Dancing for the just to give you an idea, usually a Dancing for the Dream. This one is a little bit different, but they're, they're all a little bit different. But usually, there's a dance Friday night. Not always, but in this case, there isn't. But usually, there's a dance Friday night. Okay. Saturday, it starts, doors open at nine, and then workshops, quote unquote, start at 10, or the event starts at 10. Usually, we have open dancing first, right? So then we go all day till about four o'clock typically, mm-hmm. which is nice. Then there's usually some of them, there's no dance on Saturday night because. In this case, I'm giving you a specific scenario. In Scooter's case, a lot of the students are seniors or older. Right. So they're exhausted by the end of... by, And a lot of people are exhausted by 3. Sometimes we actually end early. We end at like 3.30 because people are so tired. Okay? So then we have a break or not. Myrtle Beach, there's a dance Saturday night as well. And then Sunday, there's usually what um, she calls... I don't know what she calls it. Um, there's like a church thing. They do a Sunday morning church thing. And then there's a jamboree after that. So that's a social dance from like 11.45 till usually 1.45 or 2 o'clock or 2.30. It's scheduled to go to 2.30 here at the Alabama one. So that's what I'll be working. And at this particular event, I don't really get a break because Joe and I are the lead instructors. So if Joe's teaching a dance in the main room, I will probably be breaking off with the newbies, which is what we call the newer dancers, and teaching them something easier in a, in a different room, okay? Yep. And, then when, and then when it's my turn to go up on the, on the main room, we switch. Joe goes to the room, I go to the big room. If we're in the big room together, then I'm also still working because I'm on one of the walls, so when people turn, they have somebody to follow, okay? So it's a all day long work. There's not like time for me to go stand around and chat to people or whatever. I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's working nonstop. Right. So this is a all day, pretty much solid Saturday, sometimes a little Friday, sometimes a little Sunday. So what I would typically ask for would be in this case, what I would call my one day workshop fee, because it's a lot of times there's not anything Saturday night. Myrtle beach. There is, that's one of the, the rare ones. So we have like a Friday night, a Saturday, but nothing at night, and then a little bit on Sunday. So to me, that's like, you've got an evening dance, I might want it. There's a specific fee I have for that kind of arrangement, right? So, All right, continue. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, for the, um, the flat fee that I'm getting, my travel has to come out of it, okay? When I do, let's say, this one's closer to where I live, but let's talk about Myrtle Beach or Lubbock, Texas. Um, two of the other ones that I do with, with Scooter for Dancing for the Dream. That's further than a one-day drive for me, which means I have got to stay at a hotel overnight on my way to the event mm-hmm. and also on the way home because it's I can't do it in one day. It's like 13 and a half hours, right? If I want to kill myself, I can drive 13 and a half hours. I'm exhausted by right. the end of the event. There's no way I'm getting home in one day. It's going to take an overnight stay. So I have two hotel stays to pay for as well. So my fuel, because I drive, so I've got my fuel to cover and my two hotel stays, okay? Hotels right now, even on the cheap side or over a hundred dollars a night here in the states okay that's not including taxes and all that stuff so let's say we're looking at like 130 dollars one night so that's 260 bucks okay just for hotel fuel if i'm driving let's say to myrtle beach it's 13 hours one way 26 hours divided by five it's like five tanks of gas okay right now it costs me about between 50 and 60 dollars to fill up depending where i'm at right 300 bucks average is about 53 dollars no 300 bucks 
So how much is that? That you're looking at right off the bat, 560 in gas and hotel lodging. Okay, so my travel expenses to get there, what I leave the event with is less than a half of what I'd make for a full day workshop normally, meaning for my time to work, okay? There are other events that do the exact same thing. They give me, I'm not gonna start naming names, everyone's gonna be mad at me, right? But, and this is common. I don't think people understand this, right? It's right. not just me. It's other instructors as well. I can give you names and events. I can tell you specifics. People are going to be really mad if I start giving out this information. So, but there's there are people who fly from overseas and yeah. have to pay their own flight to come teach over here. Yeah. That is crazy. That is insane. Yeah. and that's right? If you're hiring... Sorry, I'm getting on... I'm sorry. I'm not... <laughs> I don't mean to yell. But I'm getting on a soapbox about this because two things. Number one. Exactly what you said, whoever you are, if you're coming in as a DJ, if you're coming in as floor, what yeah. if you're coming in as to do live streaming, whatever the hell it is, your travel should be covered because you're hired to work the event, right? I've had people say to me, oh, I'm giving you a free pass. And I'm like, that... <laughs> What is that supposed to mean? You hired me to work your event. Of course I should get a free... What, are you going to make me pay for a pass to come teach at your event? That's that's stupid. I, that should be granted automatically. That shouldn't be a perk. I'm giving you a pass. That's not a perk because I'm working the event. I've had events that didn't have a room for me. Didn't have lodging for me. And I go, you've hired me to work. Where the f*** am I supposed to sleep? Like... Yeah, I'm like this is crazy, but so that's part of that relates into. The or they want you to be able to be available first thing Friday morning, but don't want to put you up on yeah, Thursday yeah. night, or this yeah. vice versa. They want you available first thing Thursday. Very, yep. And Wednesday night, you're you're on your you get own. in. Yeah, yeah, you're on your own. Then, no, so, that's not then, how it works, and, and I won't I, be there. Yeah, and then I've yeah. had this conversation where I've said, "Do you have any other staff that's here on that night that I could crash in their room at least somewhere to crash?" And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, well, then if you have room for them, why don't you have room for me? So it, that's, yeah, that's a big part of the financial aspect of it. We got off on a tangent there, but it relates to if, if you want to do but, this as a profession, but something to be aware of. You're, you're right. Something to be aware of, but here's the issue. For those coming, up and coming, why should the new people sacrifice? Exactly. Why should... I, get, I understand that this was 20 years ago, and I understand this is whole... Earning your keep or right. paid your dues. This isn't 1987 yeah. where we wrote step sheets on napkins and <laughs> there wasn't true. no social media <laughs> or videos weren't readily available. This yep. isn't those days and times. And, honestly, and there wasn't Kelly, just six instructors in the United States. Yeah. I honestly feel like some of the newer people have are more excited and more... What's the right word I want? Um, I can't think of the word. Dedicated putting forth the energy we know what i mean when they come to the event some of them are so yeah to, but to the, problem, the problem is by your definition though and by a lot of people's definition though are they're wanting to skip 47 steps they're wanting to go from being new people to never even been in an event yeah, to being the top dog are. right some and are yeah a lot of them are a lot of them are coming across that way and you and i both know this <laughs> we've seen this yeah. but the problem is for all those people who can't afford to do that, what about the people who want to be in this world but can't afford to sit there and say, I can't take five, day, five days off to come work for free or pay $1,000 to come fly to work for four days? Yeah. You know? This so we, a so lot. It happens a lot. And it's, it's, 
it's a really weird situation because I don't think event directors realize they're doing it. I really don't. Or if they do realize they're doing it, they just don't care. But I, I, part of the thing, they're like, they'll do it for the, the one level, but not the other. Mm. They'll do it for... It should be the, part of the budget. Yeah, but, well, that's a whole different conversation <laughs> on what event what? directors actually budget. Like, I don't know, maybe events that <laughs> stop moving their events to different weekends every year and <laughs> flip-flop it, or they don't have more than a, the, more than a ho- hotel contract for the year that they're in. Right. So obviously right. they're not putting faith into let's do this again, or they want to, that's, that's, yeah, it's frustrating to me. Um, especially, it's, it's, and especially the point you're bringing up. I feel if you are new on this scene, meaning not, you know, you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. to be a traveling instructor. If you want, right. if you want to pursue this as a career, quote unquote, right. For me, it's a career. This is my full time right. thing. Um, most Instructors, I think you'll find, have other jobs, right? Because Agreed. you're not going to get rich teaching line dancing. Agreed. I hope you all understand that. If you are getting rich, please come tell me what I'm doing wrong and help me understand how I can. But then you also have that aspect of those, some, some instructors that have full-time jobs that work from home so they can travel and yeah. be at an event so they can charge less because they're still working. They're, right. they're there all day Thursday but still working up in their room. Right. Or they're on call on Friday when they're supposed to be teaching and only walk away from a computer for that hour they're teaching. Right. So it's stuff like that. So they can turn around and afford to. Yeah. So they're going to turn around and undercut everybody. Yeah. And it makes it it makes it a lot different. Yeah. So and I'm I, maybe this is no longer relevant, but don't you think? Ethics should come into it somewhere. Like I feel that's like a we, really big word that I, you shouldn't. That you know darn well. A lot of people in our industry. A lot of people are in our industry don't believe in that word. I just feel. I I feel like. I'll just say this right here. When I'm at an event, the event is my main focus. Okay. I don't even look at email while I'm at an event. Scott Blemon said to me once. I don't understand how you can't look at email while you're, I'm still, because the event is my, that's why I'm, I'm being paid. Why do you think I'm, this is why I'm being paid this much money is because this is my focus now from Thursday in his case, I think it's, when does it start? Noon? Doesn't registration open at noon? Uh, before then, because we, yeah, we have to have the floor done before then. Up, yeah. yeah. So from that moment till it goes through Sunday night because there's yeah. a pizza party Sunday night. That whole time to me is line dance marathon time. I do not think about anything else on the outside world. I'm sorry, I just don't because that is my focus. Whatever is happening there is my focus. That's yep. why I'm being paid. I'm not being paid to go go online and do emails or do other crap that's unrelated to the event. That's my philosophy. So maybe I'm nuts, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe it's because I come from a hardworking farm background where I feel like there's a certain level of ethics involved, right? So when I'm at an event, I'm not thinking about outside world stuff right. that is my focus whatever it is if we're doing a show if i have to fill in right sometimes i'm asked to fill in for instructors who aren't there so then i have to be able to be focused on that and be able to do it and i sometimes think the dedication might not be there now where it's it's we're in this instant gratification society frame of mind now the whole world is like we have to have it now it's, we want it now everything has to be instant video now we can't you know sh- you know, tic- that's know why that. TikTok is popular because they're short little videos. You can just look at them like in, what is it? How long is it? Now I know it can be longer now, but most of them are really short. Not a minute. We're, we yeah. want that instant gratification. Yep. Everything has to be now, right now. I want it now. Right. And I guess I'm from, you know, 
the old school of like, well, we'll push that aside till when there's time for it, right? Or if it takes time, and this relates to professionalism, we didn't we didn't really pursue this all the way in the first episode, first part of this, is that it takes time and dedication and continual learning to develop your skills in any aspect of life, no matter what but, it is. Okay, hold on now. Now you're getting into it. Now you're now you're now now I was waiting to see how long that was gonna take. <laughs> all the way into part two. How can you do that if you have a whole other full-time job? Good point. How can you sit there and say that someone someone who does it part-time, who still has another full-time job, earns and should be making more money than someone that does it full-time? Hmm. How how can you how how is that justifiable to sit there and say okay, yeah, cuz okay, fine. I'm going to take away from cuz now like you said before, you take in consideration how much money you're losing at your other job. Is I, I always get this argument back from event directors and other people. That's not my fault. <laughs> you're choosing to come work my event. I'm not held responsible for that. I, I've heard that too. By right, yeah. and that's that's the answer. I've specifically so, been told that if I'm not earning what I feel I deserve, it's my fault. Right. But yet I have event directors fight me on my fee. All the I have event directors fight me on just paying. Paying to get me to an event, mm-hmm. yes, so yes, that that's we we know this. So, but that's my point. Uh, I do this full time. I am a full time. I do, and I don't just do one thing though. Video production, dance floor. I still do teach. I do. It's very few and far between. Um, DJ. I I do I do it all. I'm a very. I guess the best word is MacGyver. I can pretty much, you name it, a part about an event, I can pretty much do it. From setup to tear down to everything in between it. I have events that argue with just paying me to get there. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, you're a vendor. It's almost, That's a whole other topic station, and no. but It's almost as if they don't, val- I'm not putting words in anybody's mouth, but it's almost as if they don't value the work ethic. They don't. So you have a work ethic. Obviously, that comes through with Thank with, you. with all the the stuff that you're willing to do Thank and you. that you do do, right? And I've been there. I've seen you. I've right. witnessed you doing it and stepping in sometimes when when something needs to get done and Kelly will do it, right? Um, and I think, I think that's, back on the conversation we had earlier, I think that's why I don't get hired to be an instructor uh, because then they're afraid, some of people might be afraid that they're going to lose me for all of that. <laughs> they're going to lose that person that is there to make sure nothing goes wrong. I do think that does happen. They're like, well, if I don't have him here and he's there, who's going to do here? Yeah. And that, I think that's, I think that, I think that has came into play, yeah. but, but back to the whole part-time versus full-time, what is the definition of a part-time professional and a full-time professional? Like you said, an event starts, there's, you're not, you're, there's no off. So anybody, any instructor who is at an event from the start to finish is at an event full time, which should be all of them. Mm-hmm. Because I, I was just going to yeah, say. I knew where you were going. You had that look. people that are only there part time. Correct. They're at the event, but they're only at the event part time. Absolutely. They will go, ooh, don't get me started. You have people who will go out <laughs> on the town while they're working at dance event. This has happened, right? I can, many examples yeah. are popping in my head where an event director said to me, where is your roommate? Uh, yep. Um, they're 
supposed to be teaching. And I'm like, well, do I say where they went? Right? Because this is truth. There's people who... People, or don't come to show people, practice because they have dinner, exactly. dinner reservations. Exactly. Yep. Oh, my God. There's so many aspects of it. Yeah. Right? No, and there is. Ugh. But the problem... And the problem is, guess who keeps getting hired back? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Why? Because they think they have the name. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So here, crazy. here, here's my question on the... And, and this... I know this is kind of like all over the place on this, but if, if you put so much emphasis, if everyone puts so much emphasis on that top tier, the line of liberty, like you say, why do we have everybody else? If you're not going to treat them the same, mm, that's a good, because question. here's the thing. Here's that's a question, a very good question. But, because here's a question. What happens when the Scots and the Rachels and the Freds and the Shane leave? Are you going to give that next tier the same level of respect? I don't think so. I, wanna, I really don't think so. Yeah. I want to jump in and just say, when I was doing Dancing um, Up a Storm with Karen Hedges, mm-hmm. one of, first of all, everybody gets the same amount of workshops. Yep. Nobody gets more than anybody else unless we have an extra slot. Right. right. But everybody teaches... Twice a day, or whatever it is. Yep. Right? There's a few that local instructors who get one because they're limitations of like what day they can be there or whatever. But otherwise, I always make it a point that everyone gets scheduled same amount both days, right? Um, the other issue is I always made sure I had a great combination of quote unquote unknown people and people they might already know. So every year I would maybe have one or two what I would call what we want to call the a if you, I don't even yeah. know, like calling them a listers, but <clears throat> especially because in that part of the country, they were not exposed to these instructors. So they didn't care one way or the other. Like they didn't care if it was Fred Whitehouse or Isabel Snow from down the street, right? All they wanted was a fun experience right? all the way around, the whole package, right? So my goal there was to give people who weren't necessarily well-known a shot, right? I had you teach there. I had Christopher and Megan teach there. I had John Lieberman teach there. You know, yep. these were people, they didn't know who they were. And they're like, oh my God, we love these people. Because one of my one of my other goals there was to have people who would fit into the culture, who would be fun, entertaining, play with the crowd. That's what I feel is super important at an event. So I that's a very good question, Kelly. Like what I, that's a very good question. I, I honestly want, like, I really wish we could make, is there a way to force event directors to listen to this podcast? <laughs> no, I do know some of them do. I, I got a call from one who uh, thanked me for the kind words uh, the day before you got here and uh, was very, um, very actually happy mm. that we were doing these because um, they listened to this and took you know, that's how they run their event. They take, they try to take into consideration all the cool. different things. But I, and I really want answers. Like I want them to explain. Wait, do you we want the here, why? Here's right? a, but here's the thing. I don't think we'll ever get it <laughs> because you know what? And I'm going to give Simon Ward huge credit for this. Cause he posted this, uh, you posted about it. Um, you made a post, he commented and tagged every event director about the whole demanding new step sheets. Hmm. I'm, I'm not sorry. New dances, not two step sheets. Uh, of course, it'd be a new step sheet if it was a new dance. <laughs> and the amount of people who knit, tell the truth, or kind of set it to the wayside, and then turn around and still did that at their event, <laughs> it's baffling. Yeah. Because, and this is the thing, a lot of people will not say it publicly. 
we we have we we and you see this a lot and get talked to a lot and I loved it when I did the live show and I do do the live <coughs> show because a lot I guess come after the first couple when we started doing the convers the topic ones not just the interviews some people got a little bit more comfortable with commenting mm. and making their feelings known um, and being honest and and forthcoming but a lot of people aren't they're not you know. I, I get I get told a lot I wear my heart on my sleeve and I do I, I I am very much a heart on my sleeve person and that's why I ask these questions um, I it's not that I'm trying to argue with anybody it's not like I'm trying to upset anybody really would like to know yeah what is the reasoning behind it and don't this is the thing I said this before don't just say well that's because of how it is or that's because of how I want to I get it it's your event. 100% get it your event. You can hire the hell you want. What's the thought process? Right. Why do you make the choices you make? Right. Right. So I can explain. I just explained to you why I chose the people I chose for, for Dancing in the Storm, right? Um, I would really be seriously interested in actual direct feedback from event directors. Why do you pick the... Why do you... And uh, you know what? I think what we would find out, honestly, Kelly, I think we would find out... They have no idea. Well, no, <laughs> because there are a lot of events that pick the people they don't have to pay. I we see that. We both know this, mm -hmm. right? So but they don't want to admit it. No, They'll absolutely say, oh, not. Half of my staff, I don't have to pay for. Right. right. That's that just that. Oh, I'm sorry. That really pisses me right. off. That annoys me. You know, me. Uh, Trevor and I, along with our beautiful wives, Kelly and Bree, have Central Florida Dance Craze come up. We started that last year. And um, the very first one we put out, I, when we came up with the idea, I had one person in mind, one person in mind that I wanted to do it with. And that was one of my closest friends, good friend of Trevor, and that's Guyton. And, um, you know, we could have asked for a favor. We could have asked, hey, will you come help us out? No. I picked up the phone. I go, how much is it going to cost? How much is going to cost us to get you to come for the day? How much is it going to cost to get you to come drive 45 minutes and hang out with two of your, two, two of your guys? He gave me a number. And I said yes, right off the rip. Didn't question. Didn't even question it. Call Trevor and go, this is the number. He goes, done. We didn't question it. Coming around year two, he started talking about who we think. We contacted Rob Holly and Dustin Betts. Plain and simple. What's your fee for the day? What's your fee to come in Friday, leave Sunday? Mm -hmm. Didn't bat an eye. Are you available this weekend? The, uh, the weekend we want you here? No arguing back and forth. Nope, no arguing. They told no us exactly what. We asked them, hey, just let us know how <laughs> We sit there and say, just let us know how much your travel expenses are going to be. That way we can know. Done. We don't question it. We don't battle the thing. I get that you have a budget, and guarantee one-day yeah. workshops are different than the thing. Right. And I but wanna, here's I, the thing. If you're going to call up an instructor and want them to come and take off and block off your event... And a lot of this for the U.S. people, the U.S. events, this is where it comes down to because when they bring an international instructor in, they don't want them coming in a week early and doing something closer because then it's going to take away, well, why are they going to come to my event if they can just go and see this person or come after, which yep. we know this gets done. Yep. You pay them. You pay them. You don't question it. You, you say, hey, I can get a flight for this. Okay. You know, it's going to happen. Yeah, and I want to touch on that because... You know, events and anybody, if there's anybody from overseas listening, please chime in with your, with your thoughts. But specifically U.S. events, right? We, if you, how should I say this right? Most events 
are established. They've been around a while. For the most part. New. Yeah, but most of the ones we know on the circuit that are that everybody recognizes, they've been around a while, right? So you should have a budget, okay? You should know what things are going to cost because most of these events are held at the same place every year. You know what the expenses are going to be. You know what the bottom is going to cost. You know what your floor is going to cost. You know if you have to get food, blow off your stuff. You know what? You, those are kind of fixed costs. You know but what yet, those, those are some of the events that can't stay on the same weekend and jump around <laughs> and don't have a hotel contract for more than the year that they're on, which that makes no sense to me at all. But so again, my, my thing is, is this so, and I, and I understand and again, overseas might be different events here, especially the ones held in hotels can be very expensive to host horribly expensive, a lot of money. And so I get it, please. I, I've done it myself. So I know where I speak. I'm not just talking out oh, my butt. Right. So, I know it costs a lot of money. And the biggest expenditure is staff, honestly. The staff fees. Staff and the floor. And, yeah. The well, floor. The floor. Yes, the floor, yes. But if I'm talking if you bring, especially bring overseas instructors. Oh, Flights yeah. now are, are really expensive. And even the states. But in, the problem, the, the, country. depending on how much, dep- the, the reason I say the floor is depending on how much floor and how many ballrooms you have. Yeah. That gets very expensive. Coming yes. from a guy who works for yeah. works for a floor company, Agreed. guys, Agreed. trust me on this. So the point is, you already know what these, but you already know what your fixed costs are, right? Your fixed costs are. Yes. So then you know how much of your budget, theoretically, kind of, sort of, because we can never guarantee how many people are going to show up, right? You yeah. can hope, right? So let's say Fort Wayne had 700-some people this year. Well, there's no guarantee that there's going to be 700-some people next year. So it's a crapshoot. It really is. But yeah. you still should have a budget that you operate within. From that budget is what you sh- what should determine how you choose who you hire. So you d- shouldn't be hiring people who are outside of the budget. My point being is that if you're hiring too many people and then you can't afford to pay them, that is on you. That is not on your staff. That's not on whoever you're hiring to come work the event to make adjustments and capitulations and, oh, can you lower your fee or, or, oh, I can't bring you in now because your flight's too expensive. You should have known that from the beginning. You know what I do when I hire people? Okay. When I hired Brandon, what airport do you fly out of? First thing I did was look up how much an airline ticket would cost to fly him from that airport to Kansas City. Amy, what what airport are you flying from? First thing I did, look how, how much would a flight be? And then I write to the instructor and say, this is how much a flight costs. This is what I'm budgeting for your flight. It's up to you to purchase it, right? Some events purchase the tickets in advance. A lot of us reimburse later. But I'm like, here's the budget for the flight. If you wait till two weeks before and your flight is seven times higher, that's not my problem, right? But I'm going to – hold on on that portion of it. And, and this is <clears throat> excuse me. this is where I think some event directors aren't professional on top of the instructors. If you're expecting someone coming and bringing stuff to your event – you cannot put them on some random, the cheapest airline. You can't yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. So, but, but that's the problem. So that venture looks, oh, I, you, I can find a fly for $187. Oh, right. I didn't specify that when I was saying it, but I look at the cost of whatever airlines fly out of there. I don't go with the cheapest one. What the average, sorry, I should have right. said that. I look so, at the average cost. But also flight. nowadays though, and this is the other thing, when you look at a flight, most airlines don't include bags. Mm-hmm. Do you expect your instructors to bring clothes to wear? Come naked. Right. <laughs> or what if they have to 
So, like in oh, my case, if or, I were to fly, mm-hmm. I would have to drive to the airport, which is an hour uh, more than. An that hour was my next comment. Pay for parking to leave my yep. vehicle there. Yep. Or if there was the travel, um, is it? Uh, that's taxi, the thing. Uber, whatever. And, yeah. and does it say travel? Does it say flight? I, I understand the, the there's a difference. Some people put in this is where you think. That's why in every contract you put plus travel. Yes. Don't put the word plus flight because travel means all your travel costs. Expenses, yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's a smart way around and, it. But, you know, and I've heard, I've actually heard, overheard event directors arguing that they shouldn't have to pay for a person's baggage or for, yep. for, their, I get for t- their airport parking. Yeah. I'm like, but it's part of the expense of getting them there. That doesn't make any Most sense events, mo- okay, most events that fly me in, I'm a videographer. Kelly and I are video and photo and you have equipment. We have equipment. You're absolutely right. Now, mind you, we went out when we started doing this and started traveling more. Granted, a lot of the times we are coming with the dance floor. So I drove everywhere. But then after that, some events that did not use Jen's floor did hire us to come in just to do photo and video. So they would fly us. Okay. The Pelican case that I use to carry my equipment is the exact size for TSA. Okay. 90% of airlines allow that. Spirit, Frontier, Allegiant, it's too big to be a carry-on, okay? Baggage, check bags, 40-pound bags instead of 50. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, all the time it's very common, why can't you take this flight? I'm bringing equipment. I can't bring my my equipment on those airlines. I can't check. I I can't check my cameras. I refuse. There are certain things. There are certain things I do not check. Yep. I'll check the polls. I purposely went out and we got um, a travel golf bag, which you've seen. It's been in your van before. Um, Most airlines will check sporting equipment bags as long as they stay under the weight limit. So as long as it's under 50 pounds, I can check my golf bag. It never once says I have to have sporting equipment in the bag. I put all my lighting poles, all the backdrops and stuff like that, the extension cords, um, tripods, and that. That gets checked. But... Drone doesn't get checked. Anything with lithium batteries can't get checked. My cameras don't get checked. My computer doesn't get checked. None of that gets checked. It comes in between my backpack and my carry-on. So when events turn around and say, hey, can't you just travel with a carry-on? Where am I putting my equipment? <laughs> now, granted, I, I just went out to I went out to Vegas to do nothing but run the choreography competition. I literally took this microphone you see. I took a GoPro and I took my iPad is the only equipment I took because I wasn't going out to do photo and video and I literally traveled in a backpack and I have done it where I've gone to an event in a carry on, but I'm not doing video or I'm doing very minimal video. So I literally have one camera, one microphone and my iPad or laptop. So now mind you, I don't travel with a laptop a lot of the time either. So I travel with a Mac mini computer. So I needed them to bring a computer screen, which I conveniently do have a check suitcase that half of it, my screen fits in. I pack my clothes around it and I check a computer screen. I, I check a TV monitor to Chicago every year. Hmm. I've checked a TV monitor to Palm Springs, California every year. It, it's just, I guess people don't realize that travel expenses and this both one Part of being a professional, as we talk, I told you this one was going to go everywhere because we're talking about the money portions of being and doing this. Don't wait till the last minute to book your flight. I always am looking. If I know I'm going to an event, I'm constantly looking. 
about two months before, sometimes three, you know, it's a little closer. I will start saying, hey, this is going to be here. I, I remember this one, Palm Springs with Mark Casenza. I, two months before the event, I go, hey, I'm giving you a heads up right now. Here's the cost, how much is going to cost to get us out to Palm Springs, me on this day, Kelly on this day. Are you 100% and bad, 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 and I? He goes, book them. He goes, I'll PayPal you right now. And he doesn't question it. Why? Because he wants to make sure we're at the event. Yeah. We can't control, guys, and the event directors, I want you to hear this. We can't control travel costs. We cannot control what the airlines are going to do. We can't turn around. Yeah, I could be booking a flight right now. Oh, it's going to be this much this year. I remember doing this with another event. First year, they want to give us a stipend, and it costs this much for that year. Well, by the time, yeah. Then travel costs kept going up. Travel yeah. costs kept going up year after year. COVID hit. They still want to do the same cost. It's, it doesn't work like that. We can't. You want to turn around and say, oh, yeah, this is what your fee for travel is. And then all of a sudden, you know, airlines right. go on strike. We can't control yeah. that. And it shouldn't be our responsibility to turn around and, and endure the additional cost to come and work. You want us I to come put full forth. You need to put some full forth yeah, on that. I think- hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed part two of this episode due to the length I decided to split part two into two more parts so there will be a part three so stay tuned for that but until next time I'm Kelly Cavallero see ya